join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard lessons from the best and brightest the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are on your personal path. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Now here's your host, John Johnson. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. I'm your host, John Johnson. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at ballisticradio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, other things, uh, class announcements. Though I'm not putting too many of those up right now just because Zuck scares me. Uh, at facebook.com slash ballisticradio. Hey, Joe. Hey, what, why does it scare you? Um, well, for what I do, there seems to be some negative connotation inside of the robot overlord that controls whether or not you get to exist on Facebook. And I like existing on Facebook because that's where my family by choice happens to live since, you know, none of them live here. And I'd be very sad if, like, all of a sudden there was an arbitrary, like, oh, you don't get the hang out or interact with the people you care about. That would, I get it. That would suck. But I'm super, super excited to welcome back to the show uh, Craig Douglas. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Hey, John, doing well, sir. How are you? I'm, I really enjoyed the last thing that we just did, so I'm actually in a pretty good mood, which is, <laughs> which is nice. Right, me too. I, uh, yeah. I enjoy conversation that most people are not – I. I'm I'm not going to able able to have is not the right word, but well, I mean maybe able to have as far as like their resources and level of access to certain people, but but I guess willing to have, you know, there there's a lot of social constraints as far as the kind of conversation you have with people, especially like in a public forum. So it's always kind of nice when I get to publicly discuss things that are weird, you know. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. But I think that would be uh, I think that would be what uh, Brene Brown uh, talks about when she discusses discusses practicing vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually um, I really enjoy. I, I'm trying to think about like how much backstory to give people here, and um, <laughs> probably not a ton. Sure. But but I did enjoy that that the series of YouTube videos that you suggested I watch. For real quick, before we really just like dive into the deep end of the pool here, uh, for those that maybe have not heard your previous appearances or are new to the show or something like that, who are you and what do you do? Okay, I am uh, Craig Douglas. I'm a retired sheriff's deputy from South Mississippi. I've had a 21 year law enforcement career. Most of that was spent as a uh, narcotics agent, a SWAT cop. Or both simultaneously. I retired in 2011 to do training full time. So this is my 10th year of doing training full time. It's my 19th year of doing training under the ShipWorks brand globally. I teach in 45 states, 11 countries outside of the U.S., four branches of the U.S. military, five federal law enforcement agencies, and I have a, a standing recurring contract within a small segment of the Department of Defense. I'm best known in the industry for the extreme close-range fighting problems with guns and knives, 
uh, that's reflected in my extreme close quarter concepts, coursework, um, fighting cars, and that came about from obviously my, my undercover tenure, and then finally solo structure movement problems that highlight ambiguity and decision making. Sure. So what I want to no, and I'm like, damn, that's a lot of stuff, Craig. You should should put your feet up every once in a while, take a load off, relax. <laughs> um, right. So so what I want to talk about, and I guess I will give a tiny bit of backstory just to sort of frame the overall topic of conversation and uh, let people know sort of. <laughs> I want to frame the problem, right? And so, and and I'm going to say a thing and, and I'm not, I'm, I know you know this and this is an observation. This is not me trying to, uh, suck up or brown nose or anything like that for, for anyone that's listening. But, you know, you have developed at this point, I would say, legendary status inside of our community or at least iconic status inside of our community and you know thought leader what however you'd like to say it right but i think that in many people's minds you you have been elevated quite a bit and this struck me and i i didn't really think that i had you know, was susceptible to that. But there was actually a a personal interaction that you and I had that really made me realize what, you know, kind of what is prompting this conversation. And, you know, there was, there was a period of time where we didn't talk a ton and and I reached out to you and essentially was just like, Hey, um, I think that maybe some of our interactions that we've had, I've approached poorly and I wanted to apologize to you. And, and you were very kind and gracious about that. And, you know, we ended up having a, a very interesting to me conversation where, you know, essentially you, you were like, hey, everybody does stuff. And like it was a very humanizing conversation on your end. And what I mean by that is even even – even knowing that, you know, everyone's people, everyone's got their own struggles and challenges and things like that, it it just surprised me. And I the fact that it surprised me then surprised me, if that makes sense. But I guess what I'd like to talk about is how do the mistakes that we make in, you know, living our lives or approaching this material or whatever, how do they shape us and, and you know— how how do we I don't I don't know. I'm gonna just let this trail off and hopefully you'll pick it up and say something intelligent. I think you know what I'm trying to ask though. Sure, sure, sure. Well I think we all have this ideal in our mind of who we are. And part of that as a as an instructor of self-defense skills, is that our motivations are virtuous and noble. And we like to think about ourselves as white hats. I'm 
one of the good guys. I help people. And <clears throat> we have this construct that and, and you hear you hear it in trite aphorisms that people say and, and it's reinforced externally by our peer groups, such as someone saying, John, you're doing the Lord's work. Something like that, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, because every human being is a creature of ego and we like hearing nice things about ourselves, you know, that upon examination turns out not to be true. And we see that maybe, well, really what we're doing is not serving the community with altruistic motivation. And we are actually serving our ego. And I think that's a lot more commonplace. You've heard me say that I see a lot of people in the business, and I would not exclude myself from this historically. You know, It's something I'm managing, at least I'm aware of. But you see a lot of people in the industry who are far more interested in being somebody versus doing something. And I think it's very, very easy to fall victim to that, especially now in an age where there is more information and consequently more venues where people can praise you than ever. So I, I think that um, really requires a lot of active management, and we really have to be aware of not not falling victim to that, man. It's uh, it's it's pretty common. Uh, it's happened to me. There are some notable instances in my life over the course of my instructorship, which is honestly probably the vast majority of my life. You know, I've spent more time I, I've spent more time teaching than probably any other thing I've done. You know, besides just being alive. I, I've, I'm, I will be 53 years old this year, and I have spent, what, uh, 47 of those teaching somehow, someway. <laughs> and I wasn't, always, uh, I wasn't always a good guy, and I didn't always have the right motivations. So, yeah, yeah. So what I'd like to get into in sort of the – and I'll, I'll sort of – prime you for this now, and then we've got to go to break. But what I'd like to get into is sort of the concept that, you know, so in our own rights, you know, we're in a position of authority over our students, that they they have granted us that authority over them. And, you know, because essentially when someone is paying you money, and more importantly, giving you their time and their undivided attention, they they are they're sort of ceding that to you, right? right? And oftentimes the assumptions that they have about who you are and you know what that indicates 
they they sort of you know and i i have noticed this with me and i have noticed it in how i have interacted with other people they you kind of have this idea that this person you know whether you whether you think about it this way or not you have elevated this person at least a little bit and sort of like this person is fully formed and they arrived here and you don't necessarily think about the backstory right. and how they got right. there. So that's sort of what I'd like to talk about uh, when we get back from this break. Right now we're talking with Craig Douglas from Shivworks. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat makers of the finest custom 1911s and Scattergun since 1977, a legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories as well as the EDC X9 series of firearms, which offers discriminating shooters, 1911 match-grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Craig Douglas from Shivworks. Um, sort of the, maybe, if I, were, if I were to try and define what I'm asking about, it would maybe be the ascendancy that is almost forced on an instructor and the willful, I don't know if it's willful, willful or not. It, you know, the unintentional disregard for their own humanity, maybe, if, if that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it, it actually does. I mean, being, being put on a pedestal, you know, by other people. And, and, and just the blind trust that people put in you, what do you do with that? And what does it, what does it force upon you? And what do you ultimately become? Um, you know, when I was a defensive tactics instructor and I was a DT instructor in our academy for a long, long time. And uh, I was talented and I could do and I could teach. I could do both. And I used to do a lot of demos. And I would they were they were mostly consensual demos where a guy would give me a prearranged attack and I would do something flashy and it would wow the uh, audience and I would teach things that I was good at that because I'd spent a long time doing these things was difficult for other people to do. They couldn't do it. And it, by teaching that way and demoing that way, first of all, the demo would serve my ego because I, I would have, um, you know, lightning quick reflexes and, and do fancy martial arts moves on, on a choreographed attack and it would wow people. And then I'd say, okay, do that. And they'd do that and they'd founder and they wouldn't be good at it. And um, 
doing that not only gave me the ability to be elevated externally by people going, whoa, you don't want to mess with that guy. But it also imposed a hierarchy where I was always, always the guy on top, and I was always the guy who was better. And the class, by virtue of what I taught and how I'm, and and how I taught, really became about you know me, um feeling good about myself. And I never will forget um there was a there was an undercover school that was being taught in Meridian, Mississippi. And it was an undercover school that I had attended. And one of the girls who was in my narcotics unit at the time was an adjunct instructor at that undercover school and it was police officers going through that school police officers from the state of mississippi and one of one of the things they did was they showed buy videos well she had a good buy video of me getting sucker punch <clears throat> in a car and you know that they that's what they used to do that there this was way before there was internet so um you know what one of the things they counted on is people could see were were narcotics units sending their videos in to show hey don't do this 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 can happen blah 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 but it's a video of me getting sucker punched and it's a video of me missing pre-assault cues and body language and being so wrapped up in the buy that um i, I just didn't see it coming i got it just got got my clock cleaned right there on video but uh, she showed that video as one of the adjunct instructors, and one of the guys who was a police officer in the state of Mississippi, as soon as I got punched on video, yelled, good, good, glad to see him, glad to see that guy get, get, you know, get his clock point, good, yeah. yeah, and she told me that story when she came back, and she was laughing about it. You know, but <laughs> I bet you weren't caused me to tap the brakes, you know, and, yeah. and it caused me to go, wow, that's what people think of me. You know, why did he say that? And it was hurtful, you know, and 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 it was it was hurtful not only to hear it, but I think the thing that hurt the most was was my realization that, you know what, maybe maybe I'm not a good guy. Maybe I don't wear a white hat. Maybe I'm not teaching from an aspect of virtue and sharing and altruism. Maybe uh, maybe this all along has been about what makes me feel good about me. And that was man, that was a that was a hard thing. That was a hard thing to hear. She'll never know uh, how impactful that was. But ultimately, as with all change, you know it. It was the best thing I, I, I could have heard at the time because it really – that moment in particular really changed a lot about how I approached this training. And it made me impose practices on myself to try not to fall victim to that again. So 
I'm going to ask a question, and this is going to this is probably going to be a question that I ask, and people are going to be like, "Ooh, he went there," and right, and actually, it's probably going to make a lot of people mad, and okay. I, I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm recognizing this. And right. and to be clear, this is not a blanket all-inclusive statement. This is a it's just a question, right? Yeah. It strikes me that a large majority, not all, but probably more than we would expect looking at this from the outside. And this is maybe an observation on human beings in general. But it strikes me that quite a few instructors are deeply insecure, and that's what gets them into instructing. And oh, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you 100. percent Okay. And and yeah, to, no, that's that that's not even to me that John. That's not even controversial. Uh, I guarantee that it's going to be to some people. I, I would. Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah, I, I could see it, but I, I don't think that's controversial at all. I mean, I, you know, a lot of the, la- you know, the early days of the laboratory, for me, in creating Fight Club locally were, <laughs> you know, arguably um, therapy for me in trying to work out what happened to me in my undercover tenure. So what? And do- trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to repeat and mimic those circumstances that led to the massive failures, which I don't want to go into the specifics of, you know, I, I do that in person somewhat, yeah. but, um, you know, that, uh, that was a lot of that right now, the right there was, was, um, you know, it, it the, the, the evolu- a lot of the evolutions in the early days was, um, was, was selfishly, my own now it, it it what was here's what's interesting about it it may have been my therapy and it may have been selfish in the very beginning what i didn't really realize was how many other people it would eventually become therapy to also i i didn't realize how widespread the problems of insecurity and vulnerability and victimization, you know, wh- whether that's, you know, something that happened from violence or something that happened through, you know, abuse or neglect in a family history. I, I didn't realize how prevalent that was and how many people come into self-defense training as a vehicle for imposing control over their world. And I'm no different. <clears throat> it's It strikes me, and we have to go to break, but it it strikes me as interesting that, you know, even though, and and this is actually funny, so even though you and I, before we're, before we're recording this episode, you know, I kind of said like, hey, here's where I want to go with this. And you and I have had personal conversations about uh, personal things, so I don't need to get into them. Sure. But even yeah. like with all of that, you know, sort of lead up to it, the amount of uncomfortableness that I have 
even saying something publicly like, hey, most instructors are insecure, and that's what gets them into yep. this, because I'm, I'm, I'm massively including myself in that. that that's just sort of yep. like I'm an instructor, so if he's saying this, what's it, the, the fact that even knowing ahead of time, this is what we're going to talk about, but like the moment comes and bringing it up, there's still like that that massive hesitancy to actually talk about it. I think that speaks to to one of the maybe one of the larger issues inside of all of this. And I'd like to get your response to that when we come back to when we come back from break. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but right now we're talking with Craig Douglas from Shivworks. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This, this segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the Candela from ModLite at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an optic on your pistol? Well, BigTexOutdoors.com has those and they don't judge much. Clock accessories. Yes, fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike. And you'll like Ike, too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Craig Douglas about, I mean, maybe motivations for doing things, but but more of I think what shapes us as, you know, and I've been spending a lot of time on instructors lately and I, I feel bad because there are people that listen to this that are not instructors, but I actually think this is probably useful for, for them as well when they're, you know, interacting with different people in a student capacity. But essentially uh, uh, instructors are people too with, with all of the flaws and, and things that come along with that. But it, it was an interesting thing for me in that, you know, as I have grown as a human being and things like that, looking back at, well, all, any number of things and go, yeah, I was, I was not a good guy. Um, just, just, just flat out. Like I, I wasn't choosing to be a bad guy or I, I mean, I was responsible for my actions, but it was not something I was doing deliberately to, to like hurt other people or have the wrong motivations. But what's funny is, you know, so I interact inside of the community just the same as everyone else who is like doing this for a living. And there are any number of people that just do not like me, like have a very negative opinion about me. And, and frankly, it's 100% deserved. Like I, I agree with them completely. Um, there's, yeah. if I look back at, you know, any number of interactions I've had with people and I, and you know, so I'm talking with you and I can use you as an example, you know, there was, there was a specific thing where, um, I said something that in retrospect was disrespectful and I didn't intend it that way at the time. Uh, but it was, yeah. it, it just flat out was, and, right. and, and looking back at that and going, yeah, that was wrong. Um, was, you know, not easy. 
it, it wasn't easy to yeah. look at it that way. It was even it was even harder to pick up the phone and call you and be like, "Hey, dude." Uh, <laughs> right. I was exactly. thinking about this yeah. thing that happened a couple of years ago, and in retrospect, <clears throat> um, I really regret that. You know, sure. but sure. I get. I guess the reason I bring that up, and I don't. I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just trying to share an experience to include myself in in the problem. You know, I I don't want to be talking about this like John's got it all figured out and he knows the way. No, no, I I struggle every day with with how I approach life in general and specifically how I, you know, how I choose to be versus how I am wired to be, I guess. And what I guess my question is, do we require those, for lack of a better term, like rock bottom moments to snap us out of that? Or is it is it something that you can navigate through beforehand, I guess? Like, can you... Can you learn not to be a crappy person before you're a crappy person? Or are some people just never going to run into it anyway? Like what, what are your thoughts? That's a great, that's a great question, man. I know historically I am the guy that has to be slapped in the face about that kind of stuff. I'm the guy that has to hit rock bottom on something. I'm the guy that has to, you know, have a moment, like I told you, where somebody, you know, screams good after I get punched on video to realize, huh, you know, um, I, uh, I made a, I made a mistake in my, in, in my bearing, in my comportment, in my motivation, and, you know, um, I think if you have enough of those rock bottom moments, over time, it's maybe it's a bell curve. Maybe they lessen and you get better at patience. Now, some guys can just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I think you know you either choose to ascend as a human being and you you, you actively practice things that allow you not to make the same mistakes. Um, that's that's learned. I think breaking patterns of negative behavior is something that goes back to the first episode, you know, uh, of, of practicing deliberateness and mindfulness. I, I think that you you have to do that. You, you have to actively question. All your motivations, you have to do a, uh, a daily audit to do that. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm certainly not a fully formed human being, and I'm successful at it. But now more than ever, as uh, someone in their early 50s, <laughs> I, I, I'm aware at least of the need for active, frequent practice to be my best self. And I hit rock bottom less frequently. I do. But 
you know, I, I've hit rock bottom recently. I mean, I, I had a, you know, horrendous couple of years uh, recently, as in within the past four, that uh, me and my life, I mean, you see my life from, from outside and you see, you know, uh, me doing cool stuff where, you know, I'm, I'm teaching exciting things and I'm traveling and I'm, I'm wearing suits and drinking, you know, cocktails and, and eating great food. And people look at that and they're like, wow, I want to be that dude. Wow, he's got a great life. But, um, man, there there was a period of time there recently where, where my life was in turmoil. I lost my mother. Um, that was a, a, a difficult relationship that unfortunately did not get better as both of us aged. And I've still got a lot of unresolved mommy issues that I'm working on right now. Mommy and daddy issues. Yeah. Um, I've got... Um, I had a divorce, you know, that the, the clearly half of that was my fault, and um, my drinking got out of hand. It really did, you know, and um, I, was not, I was not in a good place. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I was not in a good place, and it was only through people that forced me to self-examine, were incredibly patient with me, and taught me some things about how to do these external how to do these audits and how to practice what I preach to other people that uh kind of got me back on a on a somewhat narrow and steady track where where I'm at like literally today on Sunday. So um yeah man I think um I think it's 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 something you just have to you have to be aware of, it and you have to you have to um, hope hopefully you you don't keep repeating those same mistakes. And and we've had those conversations, you know, uh, privately and offline about when you call, you know, we we talk, I, I you know very. Yeah, I told you. I said, dude, I'm 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 no different, you know. And and here's here here's some recent experiences to to show you that uh, you're certainly not the the mo- you're you're certainly not the only intensely flawed human being on the planet. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm right there with you. We should we should start a club. I am. Um, yeah. Right. Right. But I, I, I to your point to your point back to, you know circling back. I think that's um, I think that's a lot more prevalent than most people would like to believe when it comes to this business I do. Well, we've got like a minute left in this segment. Well, frankly, we have as many minutes left in this segment as I'm willing to pay the producer to be here for, but I want to, I want to at least get to the last segment and then we'll let that one run long and see what happens. But, um, I, I sort of have a another question about that, or maybe an observation, and and you can riff off of it, and we can, you know, people can just be privy to the conversation, right? Uh, right now, we're talking with uh, Craig Douglas from Shivworks. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. 
This segment also brought to you by Centurion Arms. Even if you're just a cook, a lowly, lowly cook. It's an under siege reference, by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen that movie. I realize it's 30 years old at this point. Or you call in tactical nukes from your couch every night with ease. You need to know that your life-saving equipment is going to work, and Centurion Arms knows it too. Veteran-owned and operated, Centurion Arms is dedicated to producing firearms, parts, and accessories with an outstanding level of quality, functionality, and precision at prices you can afford. Whether you just need a new rail or barrel or something else to finish off your latest build, or maybe you want to take all the guesswork out and buy a complete rifle, Centurion Arms has got what you need and knows that when you need it, you need it to work. Visit CenturionArms.com today to check out all their awesome products. Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. So we're speaking with Craig Douglas from Shivworks today, and I guess having a conversation about, I mean, ideally what we're doing, hopefully what we're doing is opening up and giving people permission to examine their own motivations and shortcomings in a way that is not abusive to their selves, right? And I know that, sure. you know, again, I, and the reason, so I will say this, and I'm saying it about me because it's my experience, and I'm I'm trying to share my experience, not from a, hey, let's talk about me point of view, but more of a, this is something that I have personal experience with, and, you know, hopefully it's useful to some people, right? And... You know, I know that looking back at it, right, one of the issues that I encountered was I was elevated to a member of the community with a with a relatively large following way quicker than I had done the work to get there, right? So I'm put in a position where at least externally people are putting me in a peer group that I have not earned membership in, right? And Mm -hmm. I have no idea on how to exist inside of this because I'm looking at everyone else and going, well, shit, I shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? And, And essentially what's going on is... You know, I'm desperately trying to fit in to this place without the level of knowledge or experience required to do so meaningfully and also maintain the, well, we're all equals. Well, no, we're not all equals. I, I'm, I'm, right. I am learning this. And it's cool that I'm learning it. And it's, it's cool that I'm like going through the process. And maybe I'm picking it up quicker than, than, Otherwise, it doesn't really matter. But the point is that it it resulted in a lot of interactions and behaviors that, (laughs) looking back at it, and and trust me, I do look back at it quite a bit. I'm like, ah, I I would do that differently. And I guess my question, though, is in speaking with you and some other people, that seems like a relatively common experience, you know, like trying that, that like 
playing a part that you haven't necessarily gotten there quite yet or I don't I don't know what what are your hopefully you know what I'm trying to ask there yeah 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 yeah. I I think it's it's a complex question and I think that we're in an era now where it's easier than ever to acquire information it's easier than ever to build a reputation in a really short period of time where traditionally information and experience and reputation used to be built one class at a time. And I think what's happened, and I think the reason for that is social media. You know, the, uh, the, the, the Joe Rogan podcast that Tristan Harris is on, and he's the guy who was the uh, creator of the mockumentary, whatever you want to call it, the the social dilemma. Um, that was that's you know that's a three hour podcast, but he talked a lot about you know what what the internet and particularly social media has done as far as creating at least um, well the reality and non-reality of um, parody in people. And I'm not sure that psychologically and physiologically that we're wired that way or evolution hasn't caught up to that yet. You know, um, you know when I, I, I can remember in 1993, being, uh, I, I worked. I, I did some part-time work. So I was doing Filipino martial arts at the time, and I did some part-time work for another Filipino martial artist for a manufacturer um, of a rattan baton called the Cop Stick, and it was a rattan baton based on 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 a, a basically Filipino martial arts, and and actually the company at the time, which is now defunct, Hawk East. Uh, you know, they charged me with developing the instructor program for that. And I was young, man. I was a kid. I mean, this is pre-South Nark days. You know, I wasn't even a narcotics agent yet. But I was an active martial artist, and I was teaching defensive tactics in the community, and I was a gun nerd. And, you know, uh, they wanted some press on it. <clears throat> and I said, well, you know, uh, probably one of the m- most prolific guys is uh, Masada Yub. And if we get an article written by him in one of his magazines, I think that would, you know, like, you know, help promote the company. Well, they said, you know how, do you know him? I said, no, I don't know Moss at all. So they charged me with getting a hold of him. (laughs) So I uh, dialed up police bookshelf, got Dorothy, his wife at the time, on the phone, and and got Mass on the phone. And Mass was very... uh, he was interested, and uh, we worked it out where we flew him here to Mississippi in December of 1993, and Masada Yu went through the instructor program that I developed for this baton, and in the process, blew his knee out and had to have an ACL repair. Um, and uh, as he reminded me at, at, at an ASLIT conference probably four or five years later, um, you know, hey, Craig, I left my knee in Mississippi somewhere. Can you go find it for me? Ha, 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 ha. 
you know, uh, but, you know, being able to get a guy like Masada Yub in 1993 to come to Mississippi and do this coursework locally, you know, uh, man, I was just starstruck with that dude. And a couple of years later, if you can find it, uh, 1995, Moss did an article on the course, and he did an article on the uh, baton and the uh, the locator search sticks that they were marketing at the time. There are there are photos of me in that article, uh, all 135 pounds of me, you know, teaching uh, Moss and a bunch of other people in the magazine, and and that's uh, that. That was probably the beginning of my my national reputation. But even then, you had to buy a magazine off of a, a magazine rack in a in a supermarket somewhere, you know, to even know about that. So information wasn't available. Uh, Moss was very complimentary of my twenty something year old self, you know, as as far as what kind of instructor I was, and that's how information was transmitted by magazines, and that's how, you know, reputation was gained one class at a time, and that's how you established, that's how a 20-something-year-old kid established some level of at least being known by a national-level guy like Masada Yub, you know, and, and that, the analog days, compared to now, yeah, that 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 that's a wildly different thing, man. That's a that's a wildly different thing, and it, it's uh, I, and I'm not sure we've caught up to that yet. I'm really not. I, I uh, when when I see a guy, you know, and, and and now being grayer and grouchier than ever, when I see a guy popping up on social media, and <clears throat> you know, I see his Instagram page, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know, and why does he have a hundred thousand followers? And he's twenty something, and he's doing um, retention shooting on rubber dummies, and he's got all these likes, and he obviously hasn't put the work in. And who is this upstart? You know, that's the that's the that's the emotional me. This guy hadn't done the work, right? You know, he hadn't earned membership in my community. He's, uh, you know, not. Um, He's not part of my peer group. In fact, at best, he's qualified to listen to me. Yeah, those are all the those are all the negative things I think about when when I'm I feel threatened by somebody else's notoriety or I feel threatened by, you know, the the per- perception of success that I think they have that I don't feel is earned. You know, when I can remember making phone calls to Masada Yub you know, 28 years ago, trying to get him here to do a coursework to have a magazine article published with black and white photos two years later that you have to pick up off of a supermarket bookshelf. So, yeah, man, I, I, it's uh, I, I'm not, I don't have other than acknowledging how difficult it is to navigate the strata of what's within our industry of how a guy like you gets to interact and gets recognition from a guy like Tom Gibbons. Yeah, how 
how do we bridge that gap? Because I mean, you know, Tom's good. Tom's Tom's old. You know, I'm oldish. You know, you're not young. So how, how do we navigate all that? And and what are the uh, how, and more importantly, how does a guy like you navigate that in trying to create a successful career? And how does a guy like me, you know, uh, welcome that into our industry? Because we need to grow and we need new blood. But at the same time, like you said, not everybody's created equal. I, I don't know, man, other than, you know, um, being really, really choosy about um, who you spend your time with being honest about what this business is and what it isn't. And again, practicing that, that, that daily try and be a good dude thing and, and try and mentor guys. And guys are going to falter. We're going to falter. You're going to falter. I'm going to falter. But um, I think, I think the active practice of, of how we encourage growth in the industry and how we, welcome new people in and how we we mentor them and I, and and I may not I, I'm even the idea that I would be a mentor to someone in and of itself makes me leery because I'm like wow I'm an intensely flawed person trying to mentor another intensely flawed person and is that even right to do I I don't know John I don't know. I don't have an answer there. But I acknowledge that the problem exists. Well, it, <laughs> and it, I don't I don't have an answer to your question. It, it's, other than Go ahead. Very very other than very, you know, cathartically vomiting out the answer like I am now. I and I and I sure hope, you know, when this comes out eventually, you know, in in recording that it's somewhat cogent. You know, I don't feel like it is right now. I'm literally, you know, and it's and it's good and, and it may be interesting. I'm curious what people are going to say about this this uh, this episode, but it's um it's it's interesting that I mean I'm I'm literally not I'm literally thinking about this as I'm saying it. So I'm not I'm not it's it's unlike unlike Shivorg's content, it's not practiced and well rehearsed. Well, it's- you know, and 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 on time. It it strikes me that yes, if on time, like I, I already I already told Joe, like, hey, I'm we're this is just gonna be how long it's gonna be, right? right and yeah. but it strikes me that so if I think about my coursework, if I think about your coursework, it 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 strikes me that all coursework is is the instructor's past mistakes or mistakes that the instructor can foresee based on their experience, putting the student in those situations and giving them the opportunity to work through it in a relatively consequence-free environment under guidance, right? And we're comfortable doing that inside of our own area of, you know, expertise. Like, And and when I say our area of expertise, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I have an area of expertise that looks anything at all like yours, or it, right. it, it's a a royal hour, right? Um, yeah. But it's the funny part, and this is what strikes me when we're talking about some of the deeper, 
you know, flawed human being issues is that, you know, no one is more aware of the mistakes that you have made in the past and how you've interacted with people than you. And no one is more aware of the mistakes that I've made in the past and how I've interacted with people than me. And, and you can extend that to anyone listening to this, right? But most people, at least without some coaxing, are not willing to share those mistakes publicly, which is ultimately the goal of if you're if you're genuinely concerned about making you know facilitating growth in people is is completely necessary. It's completely necessary yeah. to be like, hey, here's something I did. Here's why it was wrong. Um, you know, and, and when I say wrong, I don't. I'm not saying like in a a black and white sense, you know, everything wrong and right is based off of our own perception of whatever, but presumably anyone with an audience, the audience is like-minded people, right? So Mm -hmm. here's, here's why this was an error. Here's what I learned from it. And here's how you avoid making a similar mistake. That's all, that's all teaching people is, is, Hey, here's, here's the mistakes I've made. Here's what they look like. Here's maybe a way to avoid that. But be, so many of us, or, or at least me, right, and again, I, my, my experience is the only experience I've had. Um, you know, historically, you can't share something like that because, well, people will think less of you or yeah. you know, it will impact the bottom line or, or whatever. So yeah. do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Riff on that for a minute. Uh, I think that hopefully what happens is that you get more comfortable with being publicly flawed. And I'm, I'm more comfortable than ever, I think, based on the work I've done in saying, uh, I didn't do that well, or I changed my mind on that, or, you know, I was wrong about that. You know, and I think, <clears throat> and I just, I think, I think getting more comfortable in your own skin and with who and what you are and, and as importantly, who and what you aren't, you know, um, allows you to express vulnerability and humanity uh, if if you're if you're lucky or you're doing it right, I, I think I'm more comfortable than ever. Like right now, you know, expressing my flaws. You know, I um I know better, and I'm not saying I completely know, or I'm even completely honest with myself. But I I think I know myself better now than I ever have, and that allows me to say things that things about myself that aren't necessarily complimentary and say, hey, this is me worse and all. And, you know, I'm I, I'm comfortable enough and I feel respected enough and loved enough to where I can say, hey, um, you know, this is uh I was wrong about this or I'm I'm not very good at this. You know, I may be a uh, 
I may be a uh, I may be a, a really good teacher. That doesn't mean I'm a good human being or historically been a good human being. That doesn't mean that you know <clears throat> I have not been you know uh, you know a, a, a terrible you know philandering husband at times, which I have. So you know, there you go. It's um, you know, it's, it's a it's a journey, man. It it really is. It uh, or a drunk, you know. I've, I've certainly been a drunk, you know. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's uh, or or teaching has been a, teaching has been a, a way to, for me to feel good about myself versus make other people good, you know. So yeah, I, I'm I'm comfortable saying that stuff. I am. Well, it's true. Yeah, because if it if it all if it all if it all if it all goes away tomorrow and the world blows up, I'll be a white belt again, and I'll start from ground zero, and uh, not the first time. And uh, like like we talked about in the previous instance, that that prospect, you know, is kind of it's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting. The thought of being brought back to nothing in ground zero is 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 interesting. It is. It's compelling in a way. Well, it's, it's kind of, and to sort of speak to your point a little bit, and, and bear with me on this, right? But yeah. so, like, one of the things that is very common to hear, and, and I'm, well, at least I've heard it. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but it's sort of this general, like, you know, our industry is full of type A personalities and stuff like that. And I would actually disagree uh-huh. with that. What I see uh-huh. is a bunch of people that, think there's supposed to be a type A personality doesn't they don't know exactly what that is but they're going to fake it until they make it sort of deal and right. and I feel like that that is the crux of the issue you know or 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 at least sort of indicative of the the issue is the number of people that have built sort of this image of like what are we supposed to be like you know you you come especially if you're new you come into this what am i supposed to be if i'm going to be in this group and you don't have a good idea of it but you look at you know things and you're like well i'm going to try and emulate this but it it causes problems and and the the purpose of the conversation i guess or at least my hope in the conversation is to sort of you know, pull the curtain back a little bit and be like, hey, uh, here's kind of actually what's going on and, and how do you navigate that successfully, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. You know, and you, you see it in the, the, the vestiges of, of, you know, how we dress, what we carry, you know. Well, if I'm going to be part of this group, then you know, I have to wear tactical clothing or I have to, you know, uh, have a certain kind of gun or have to look a certain kind of way or have to have tattoos or a neck beard. You know, we, we see it, like I said, in this very, very, uh, very observable iconography, right. you know, of, of what you're supposed to look like when you're part of this peer group and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be. And, um, you know, that, 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 that to a lot of people, I think, appears to be the price of admission for acceptance and everybody wants acceptance, you know, and, um, I find 
that to be, I don't know, personally tedious and kind of boring. And I like the, uh, I like people that don't look like us, you know, <laughs> or don't act like us. I, I, I'm intrigued by those people. I'm intrigued by people who, uh, you know, have the courage to be who they are and at the same time do what we do. So that's that that's that's interesting to me. And those those are the kind of people that we need, man. There are. Yeah, and again, you were talking about like cogency inside of this episode. There isn't any. And that's fine. Like that's I didn't <laughs> No, that's, that's no, it's just a riff. Yeah, well, and that's right. Well, frankly, again, like that's. I'm. I'm not, I'm not even drinking yet. Well, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still on coffee. Yeah, give me give me an hour, and I'll uh, probably. Um, <laughs> right. That's why I like brunch so much. It's socially acceptable. Right. I don't have a problem. Yeah, this I is have... this is what you're supposed to do. So right. right. But but no. So and again, like. So it's like I'm going to have Craig Douglas on my radio show. What are we going to talk about? Well, how many times do you want to talk about shooting from two? You know, it's uh, yeah, I know. That's well, I think that quite a bit. I mean, it's like you know, Jesus, another podcast, really? Yeah, and and I appreciate you <sighs> okay. coming. I appreciate you coming on, and you know, yeah. Um, well, I, and a lot of it, a lot of I think a lot of my engagement in this podcast. You know the the past the two and we've done two episodes. I think a lot of the engagement was because okay, well we're not going to talk about that stuff. Oh. We're talking about other stuff. Well, it's it's one of those. You yeah. know, it's going to be. It's one of those things where, and I've noticed this with you, and I've noticed it with me, and I've noticed it with other people, right? But it's almost like. And this sort of actually speaks to the larger issue as far as like how students view instructors, how instructors move through the community, and maybe even a larger human issue, right? Is that often, yeah. oftentimes our identity gets pared down to this one or, you know, one or two things, right? You know, so if I say Craig Douglas to most people, they're not going to think of Craig Douglas the person. They're going to think of no. Craig Douglas, knives and guns, in the clinch. And yeah, you know I've yeah. I've I've been lucky enough to to get to know you at least a little bit. And and I don't want to claim mm -hmm. any sort of like deep friendship or anything like that. I I you know it's, no, but our our conversations our conversations regardless of the time we've known each other and the time we've spent talking have gone well outside of you know um ECQ training teaching gun whatever. I mean, we've had some very um humanizing conversations, you know, at this point that are interesting and I, and to your point about people are, are they interested in this? I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be really curious. I'm gonna be really first of all I'm gonna be curious about what you're gonna call these two episodes, you know, how you're gonna title them. And yeah. then um I'm curious what I'm curious what the uh I'm curious what people are gonna think because it's probably not what they expect. 
And um, I'm curious if people are curious about these nuances in the industry, the 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 heartbeat of the industry, and what makes people tick who are in the industry. I, th- I think probably these two episodes that we've done, like you said, kind of humanize, and it's a it's a peek behind the curtain. And I'm I'm, cu- I'm curious if that's going to be interesting to people. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to talk about stuff other than what I do every weekend, you know, and it's interesting to talk about, you know, um, it's, it's also interesting to, to just, I mean, be refreshingly honest about things that maybe, like you said, aren't, aren't real complimentary, the, the mistakes we made. I think that was the, that was the, uh, premise for the show, yeah. the show was uh what could you have done different were you born were did you did you come into this fully formed as people view you through the apparatus that we advertise in and and the 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 surface layer of how people think of us well and i i think my the thing that I have observed, especially lately, you know, within the last couple of years, but even right now, is that, you know, the industry as a whole, um, the tactical training community, whatever you want to call it, right, is flawed. I mean, it's flawed. We've got, you know, we're experiencing new growth. We've got new people coming into this. And, you know, historically, it's been this, and I don't want to get into politics and I don't want to get into social justice issues necessarily, but I guess I will very, I'll bring them up very briefly and just see how this reflects on the larger issue as far as you know, if if you think of, and we know this not to be true, but if you if you look at like the stereotype of gun culture that most non-gun culture people have, it's you know this very conservative, very um, <laughs> pale uh, group of individuals, and and that is you know not the case, right? And it goes back to this larger issue of, I think that there is this drive to make a homogenous group versus really understanding how much more complex we all are as people and honestly like getting someone like you you know you you are you you have as far as like the the strata of people that do this you're up there right you're in the pantheon of you know the upper reaches of well, that's Craig Douglas you know and you can i i can i can say your name in certain places with certain people and it's like you know Craig Douglas you know what i mean and Right. Yeah. And I know you don't want it to be that way, 
And there is yeah, it's even it's even uncomfortable, you know, um, acknowledging, you know, hearing stuff like yeah, that's you know, I, I've had, um, you know, we we use the language fanboy. Well, it's um, it's more of a, a it's, curse. it's more of a cult of ECQC, you know. Yeah, it is, and, and and it's it's come out in weird places. I mean, I've had stranger. Well, it's even changed. It's even changed my muck game, right? Because I have had, I've been approached by total strangers who have said, hey, excuse me, are you Craig Douglas? And let me tell you where this has happened. This has happened, um, let's see. Let me just think about this off the top of my head. This has happened in the Atlantic Airport three times. It's happened in Dulles twice, including the pilot of the aircraft that I was flying out on. It's happened in the Mall of America in Minneapolis. It has happened in the Portland, Oregon Airport. It happened uh, with Cecil one time at a coffee shop in freaking, uh, where was that, Casa Grande, Arizona. It happened in a a little uh, Greek Mediterranean restaurant eating lunch in Virginia Beach. That's happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's weird, and that's bizarre to see people approaching me eagerly yet trepidatiously like I'm a dog that's getting ready to bite them. You know, they want to come up to me, but they're not sure because I'm the ECQC, you know, back to F up, uh, fight guy. But but they just, they want to acknowledge me. So just that kind of stuff. I mean, what, what what does that do to me? You know, psychologically and emotionally, uh, how, how do I manage that as a human being and stay, you know, centered amidst all that and and, and trying to be, you know, my little hacks that I do to practice graciousness and gratefulness. All the little games I play with myself, you know, the name game, you know, that we've discussed as yeah. far as how I teach and calling everybody by name, uh, framing people, actively framing people as patrons, not students, and remembering that they're the reason that I have the, the success that I do, you know, and I'm able to pay my bills and I can do what I love doing and not suffer in employment that doesn't define me and that I'm not passionate about. So, um, you know, stuff like stuff like that, I think um, it's, it's interesting. And on that note, as far as the homogeneity, the perception of the homogeneity or lack of homogeneity and the training industry, which I don't even think it's an industry. I think it's it's a uh, it's a collection of tribal fiefdoms, you know that that 
begrudgingly coexist. And the one thing that we have in common is that we recognize that self-defense fundamentally is the, the, the most important and the most equal human right that there is. I think, I think if there's anything, when we talk about the diversity of people, left wing, right wing, black, white, gay, straight, male, female, trans, whatever, whatever, you know, I think that one of the things that the community struggles with is that um, how do we manage all this diversity with the one thing that we all agree on is that nobody should be a victim. Every everybody understands that. Everybody understands it, it's and it's interesting because if there's anything that's unifying in a, an incredibly divisive world as as divided as we all think we are and say we are, it's the acknowledgement is that no person should be the victim of another. We all get that. Now, you know, who victimizes who and what victimization looks like, that's something that we're all struggling to come to terms with. But we all acknowledge that defending yourself physically, verbally, emotionally, psychologically. We all we all understand that's important. And we all agree that um nobody nobody should be the victim of another. So that's a start, I guess, when it comes to you know um at least acknowledging our humanity. You know, is acknowledging that as humans, nobody, nobody should be the victim of another. You know, and and that's that's a place that's a place to start. And I think there's one thing that that the internet has given us, and social media has given us, it's the ability to see people outside of straight white conservative males as having some kinship with, you know. And you have people like David Yamani, who I'm a huge fan of, who, um, you know, are actively pushing this kind of diversity. And, and you know, here's the thing too, John. I mean, I, we, we, may not, we may not all agree or ever agree on everything. We more than likely are not going to do that. So, and we coexist. <laughs> God, I just thought of a bumper sticker. You know, can we can we coexist and celebrate what we have in common and be able to accept what we don't? You know, and I think. The difference between now tolerance and submission is really the question of where we're at as far as a society and 
microcosmically within the training industry. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so you were talking about uh, one of the things that brings us together is the fact that we can agree on the fact that self-defense is the first and most basic human right. And I think one of the things that, yeah, I don't know if I was actively aware of it or not, but now that we're at the end of this episode, and this episode's going to probably be the longest one I've ever posted, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, it's, sure. it's my show. Um, right. but the, I think one of the other things that I, you know, I think is important for people to realize and, and hopefully they get this out of this discussion is that I don't know that I've met anyone that isn't struggling with what it means to be human. You know, we, we look at people and go, well, they don't have a care in the world, you know, or, or whatever it is. And I, I don't know that that's, I I don't think that's true. And one of the things that I wanted to, you know, and the reason why I wanted to discuss it with you is you are someone that is a deep thinker and can speak well, but, but also because of where you have been placed inside of all of this, you know, just like, Hey, we're all still people and we're, we all still have flaws that need to be overcome. That's, that is another shared experience that not as many people talk about, you know? And, and I, I think a lot of people don't ever begin the work because they, they look at, you know, and I'm sure there are some people that look at me this way too, which is weird, but like they, they look at, you know, whoever it is that they're looking up to or have elevated and go, well, this person's got it figured out and like I'm never going to be able to get to their place because I've got all these problems and issues that I struggle with or whatever. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, like, like that's a great point. You know, like the acknowledgement of self-defense as the first, foremost, most basic human right that we all have in common. The other thing that we have in common is that we're all we're all struggling and you know it's a constant struggle and that shared common trait among human beings is something else that you know makes us homogenous we all should never be we, no one should ever be the victim of another <clears throat> and everybody's struggling and those are those are two great points for okay maybe there's more in common than we thought right and it just you know hopefully this gives people permission to talk about it i guess you know find more common yeah. ground um there's yeah i'm i'm okay ta- i'm okay talking about it clearly <laughs> you, know? you know yeah and yeah, okay talking about and sure. and that's kind of what I was sort of wanting to do is you know as you know like the work is hard the the work is hard mm-hmm. it is um, demoralizing it is 
frankly, it's lonely because, you know, for as much as we talk about, you know, supporting each other and stuff like that, I can't do the work for you and you can't do the work for me. I mean, we can, we can talk about our shared experiences, but you know, when, when you talk about like being on the road and you know, the, the thing that people who have never done that before don't realize is that is some of the most lonely moments in existence is when you are trapped inside of your own head thinking about the things that you've done and how you could have done them better. But it's also some of the most rewarding moments because it gives you the opportunity to reflect. And again, if you're deliberate, mindful about it, go, all right, here's, here's what led up to this. I am ultimately responsible for my own actions. It's not mommy and daddy's fault. It's not you know, fault doesn't even need to come into play. It's more like a plane crash. Like, why did the plane crash happen? You know, why did this thing happen? And and you're not. You know, it 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 takes work. You know, ideally, you're not beating yourself up over it or commenting on whether or not, um, you know, you no longer have worth because you made those mistakes. That's that's not helpful, but it is mm-hmm. it is hard. And, you know, it's one of those things where everybody, well, not everyone's doing the work, but everyone should do the work. And yeah, it's, you know, if you see value in, in what someone else is doing, understand that they probably didn't get there without some form of that, you know? Yes. Um, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to say, so... We're at the end of the show. Is yep. is there any final thoughts you'd like to leave people with before we we bounce? Um, no. I I think um I think we pretty much covered it, man. <laughs> uh we we've gone all we've gone all over the map, you know. I uh again I'm I'm really I'm really curious if um I'm I'm curious what people are gonna think about all this. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely probably not what they expect when they see my name pop up if they know me. And if they don't, uh, I'm not sure what their expectations are going in, and I'm not sure if they're going to be met. But I I sure hope they find this conversation uh, intriguing and thought-provoking, and it certainly has been for me. So thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, as usual. No, and, well, I appreciate your patience uh, with me in the past. And helping me, uh, being gracious enough to accept uh, my former mistakes and things like that, so that we could even have this conversation. And it's yeah, uh, absolutely, it means a lot to me. But uh, if people want to come trade with you after this, or just <laughs> right. or, or get rubs the people off, after yeah, this. like oh god, or, or give you a hug, soft squishiness, you know, yeah, yeah. I, look at all that soft squishiness. That's not. That's not what Shivworks is about. Shivworks is about fighting cars, yeah, and knifing each other. You know, not about not not all about this vulnerability and. I would and, actually uh, argue stuff. that the magic in a bottle that is Shivworks is putting yourself in an intensely vulnerable situation yeah. and having support yeah. to work through it. Now, whether or not people realize that's what's going on, eh, but that's what's going on, you know? One yeah, of- it is, and 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 then, John, I, I didn't realize that when I started this off. I didn't realize that's what was happening. Like I said, there's so many things that 
came about from the coursework that, you know, there's a lot more going on with what happens in my coursework besides, you know, the strategies, tactics, and techniques of negotiating an entangled gunfight. Yeah. And and the way I've structured the coursework um, unconsciously over the years, you know, and then more consciously as I came to realize the effect it was having. Um, yeah, there's 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 quite a bit going on besides again what's on the surface, you know. Yeah. So there. So shivworks.com, best place to find you. Shivworks.com, best place to find me. Best place to track me down, see what I'm doing, where I'm at. Sweet. The uh, you know, I'm, I'm prolific online. I have a big personal Facebook page. There's the Shivers and Shivers alumni page. There's uh, the South Nark uh, Instagram handle. I'm available and I am accessible. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this, and yeah, me I'm, too. I'm 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 very curious as well. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you again. So. Hey guys, make sure you, make sure you check out our website, ballisticradio.com, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ballisticradio, and keep leaving those five star review on iTunes if you think we've earned it. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week.